0: Well, good morning, everyone. And as we already know, this is what we're talking about this morning. There's a half a whoop there, that's okay. So I guess if we look at these four here, we would have no problem with understanding why these might be foundational, would we? Worship, Word of God, Holy Spirit, prayer, there are others we could have put there. But when we get here, it's not just about our relationship with Jesus, it's about our relationship with one another. So this is where it gets messy. So I'd like you to say to someone close to you, this is where it gets messy, okay? Okay. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and boy, can it get messy. So, community, fellowship, family, tribe, people, group, church, together, relationship. We could use lots of different words, but I've got some images here just to get us into the mood of what community might actually look like. That's great, isn't it? Looks like we know that, don't we? Togetherness. One purpose. Perfect harmony. There we go. (laughs) This is where it gets messy. See, told you. Got pretty messy yesterday when we conceded equaliser to West Ham. That's for sure completely disappointed. Sorry, Tony. Oh, good. Yeah, West Ham. I mean, come on. It's hopeless. So these words, community, fellowship, family, togetherness, have incredible power and meaning for many, but they can also, both positive and negative. Words can also carry Um, pain and threat, hurt and even abuse in certain certain community settings. So we come to this whole notion of community completely um, influenced by our experiences of life together and with other people. And really what I'd like to say right from the start is that we just need to recognise that. You already have lots of opinions about church, for example, as a community, whether it works or not, whether it fits what you'd like it to or not, how irritating you find it or you don't. And if you don't, you're either a saint or you're not working out what's going on around you. Because actually, frankly, Living with anybody else, sorry, no, it can be irritating, except Maria, of course. I knew as soon as I started that sentence, there was trouble just lying right at the end of it. Anyway, so I just want us to pray right now. As I say, if we're talking about the importance of the Word of God or the Holy Spirit in our lives, there is no discussion, there is no debate But Lord Jesus, when it comes to your family and what you want to do through us as a living community, representing your kingdom, your family and your presence here on earth, it is fraught with all sorts of uh, difficulties, challenges, joys and hopes. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to us this morning about community If we have the right view in certain respects, feed and grow that. If we are a little bit off from your word in other parts, would you challenge us and bring us to a place where we understand more fully just how community is important to you? In Jesus' name, Amen. So, next slide, please. It starts in mystery. In fact, it starts before the Bible. It starts before time itself. We know that God existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's amazing to think that that is the case, isn't it? There was a community at the heart of the Creator before there was even any world or earth or universe or anything created. God existed In Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's incredible to think that God Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, but also Provider, Leader, Guide, Redeemer, Holy Spirit who anointed people, the Messiah who was promised as Jesus right from the beginning of time in the scriptures of the Old Testament, God existed as we call him in the Godhead or the Trinity, they're kind of technical, slightly technical terms, to try and, in our limited way, describe the impossible, to attach words to help us understand a mystery. But no matter how hard we try, we can only scratch the surface of what that means, for God to exist as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But he did. What an amazing start. Shrouded in mystery before all things, God existed in perfect harmony and community with himself. So community is not just a thing that exists because humans exist. It's a thing that exists because God exists. Secondly, next slide, please. Andrew, thank you. Community is at the heart of the Old Testament. Right the way throughout the Old Testament, there is a theme of community. Literally hundreds, probably thousands of references. Genesis 2, 18, when uh, when God is uh, in his creative period, creating heaven and earth, man and woman, he said this, "'It's not good for man to be alone.'" What a relief. Because frankly, nothing would ever have got done if it stayed like that. Or perhaps might have invented a sofa so a man could sit on his sofa. He might have invented the odd game or two to, you know, pitch and toss so he could keep a score of all these games. Sofa games. That's all men need, isn't it, pretty much? So thankfully... God recognized that we needed to live in community. Next slide. Genesis 12, verse 2. Abraham, God said to him, I will make you what? A great individual? I will make you superbly self-sufficient on your own and bless you to the exclusion of everybody else? No, he didn't say that. He said, I will make you into a great nation. And this is repeated through Isaac, Jacob, who was renamed Israel. And then in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, it says this, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord, that should be the Lord your God, has chosen you out of all of the peoples on the face of the earth to be his treasured possession. This concept of Israel being chosen as the family of God is more clearly expressed in the, in the book of John, uh, Deuteronomy in, than pretty much any other book in the Old Testament. God was saying, I don't want just a group of individuals. I don't just want a set of disconnected people or groups or families. I want a nation. That will be holy. That is chosen. That will be his treasured possession. And then this is all underpinned by the notion of an old word we hardly ever use anymore, and that is covenant. And we really could do with spending some time actually looking at what covenant means in the Bible. It is the most incredible concept where God reaches down and says, I will join myself to you. Even though I created you, you are nothing but dust of the ground. I will join myself to you. You will become my people and I will become your God and I will be all you need me to be. And we can't go into it here, not enough time, but there are various covenants uh, throughout the Old Testament from Noah to Abraham, David, etc., And all of them, just build, literally, brick by brick on the previous one. So with Noah, it was not to destroy the earth again. With Abraham, it was chosen to be a great nation. With Moses, it was rescued and a concept of, of a holy God having a holy people. So it was about our behavior in response, Israel's behavior in response to being chosen. Right the way through to the covenant of David, which is about kingship pointing towards Jesus. And we'll come to Jesus in a sec. Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, all covenants helping us to understand the way in which God's plan evolved in his work with Israel leading up to where we are, sat here today in Darlington in February 2023. But covenant was critical, it's critical to important, that covenant was all God. It was his idea, it was his move towards us, he established it and in covenant we see the first echoes of his grace, that the benefits that we all enjoy and Israel all enjoyed only happened because of him, because of his covenant. It was nothing to do with them. It's everlasting And it started to identify the way in which his people should behave, not just towards him as their redeemer and their deliverer, but in the way that they would work together and relate to each other. So covenant, I'm sorry, the idea of community was there before time began. The idea of community is there right the way throughout the Old Testament. And the idea of community is right the way throughout the New Testament as well. In fact, the New Testament takes it to another level. Do you watch these chefy programs? It's Jamie Oliver. Who watches Jamie Oliver's? You know any of his thirteen hundred cooking programs? You've got to take it to the next level. It's got to be the, everything's got to be the next level. But actually, in this case, it was absolutely taken to the next level. Everything finds a fuller expression because of what Jesus did. It is grace demonstrated at the highest possible level. That's why he himself, as we'll break bread later, and we read in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. We are a community of people who have been born again and have come into an entirely new intimate and personal relationship with Jesus, but not only him, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there's a quote here in this next slide that says, the covenant is, so sort of bear with this the language here, but the covenant is the sum total of the grace, blessing, truth, and relationship comprised in that redemption which was secured by Jesus' blood. Nothing more ultimate is conceivable. It's perfect. In other words, it is the, the, it's, if you added all the grace, the blessing, the truth and the relationship that, that comes from our knowledge and understanding of being in Christ, there is nothing that you could describe that is more incredible than what God has done. And we'll link to that with breaking of bread shortly. If we are a Christian here this morning, we belong to Him. We are part of God's people, God's family. And as a consequence, you cannot get away from the fact that we are part of one another. It's impossible to say we're part of Christ, but we're not part of one another. Because being in Christ means that we are part of one another. We move from community as just a description to communion. Not just a, de- a description of a group of people but fundamentally, the way in which those people interrelate and, and work together as a demonstration of His grace at work in our lives. Mike was talking last week about the Holy Spirit. He quoted quite a bit from 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. But of course, 1 Corinthians 12 is also all about what the body of Christ. The two are interlinked. It says their gifts were given, and we'll come on to that in another uh, session for the common good. Paul links the understanding of our fellowship as part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And there's a word here, koinonia, which I'm not going to go into, but it means broadly fellowship or community. So if you want some homework for this week, look up this on Google, read what it says. And then have a chat about it at at your small groups this week. Next slide, please. As one great theologian said, to escape the conclusion, it's impossible to escape the conclusion that being part of God's people means that we are part of God's people. You can't get away from one and just choose the other. So community before all time right the way throughout the old testament right the way throughout the new testament uh, just as we say skimming across these community is at the heart of god's people the church and here is the 64,000 dollar question and you'll have heard people say this you might have even said it yourself and it's this i don't have to be part of a church to be a christian you heard that? Yep. Esther ever said that? Sorry, I'd first look off. I don't have to be part of the church to be a Christian. Well, that might be true. We know we are saved by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ and totally dependent on him. But if you think that you can do that and hope to avoid being in community is neither biblical nor is sound. And ask this question, if you are ever prone to think that what makes you think that you're stronger than Jesus? Because he was completely dependent upon his father. In fact, he said he only ever did what he saw his father doing and he only ever said what he heard his father say. He spent time alone with his father and with the Holy Spirit in prayer, thinking, planning, listening, learning. I would hope that as we think about these things, it becomes self evident. There are some practicalities we'll come onto in a sec. But we are richer together than when we are, when we're apart. God has given us gifts that operate best with others than on your own. All of the stuff that you read about, as we mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and other passages in the Bible. Where God says, "I give you this gift. I give you that gift." What What's the point of all of that if we think we're going to sit with our gift on our own, in glorious isolation, immune, protected, and insulated from all of the mess of being part of a, a larger family? And playing an active role in His church is not important because it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible because it's important. And being together and having that sense of togetherness, we're protected, supported, strengthened, blessed, and fulfilled. So, for those who might have seen this, it's not an early harvest festival. Here's a question. Who do we think is the strongest person in the room here this morning? Obviously not Mike, he's got a bad chest. <coughs> and he's copied my dress sense, by the way, just, just so you know. Who do we think is the strongest, physically the strongest person in the room this morning? Phil, <laughs> have you, do you need your glasses changing? <laughs> No, okay. Well, if uh, I'm uh, Graham, I'm going to choose you. <laughs> so you just take your top off and let's have a look at your muscles. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is you. Graham, could you see if you could just snap that in two? I mean, properly break it. Pull it apart. So there are a number of sticks in here, roughly equivalent to the average size. Of the new connect groups we're starting. See so if you can snap that into. I hope you can't, by the way, but just. No, impossible, possible. Impossible. no, not possible. Not possible. Why do you think that is? Because they're connected. I mean, actually, it isn't possible. <laughs> In fact, I also put a string of wire down the middle. No, just to, no I didn't, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. big round of applause for my... <laughs> ..glamorous assistant. Now, we're protected when we're together... There is power when we're together. And it doesn't mean if we have to spend time on our own, we become vulnerable or we're going to get broken. But actually, the risk is greater. Because if you move to isolation, all you'll be affected by is your own opinion. God wants us to be together, God wants us to work together. God wants us to find strength in him, him, but also in and with and for each other. He wants us to rub against each other. And then if you had 10 or 12 of those, or 14 or 15, we'd become stronger because we're together in him. Common purpose, relying on him, dependent upon him. Now, I know that there have been small groups going on for quite some time. Some have worked really efficiently and effectively, and you know what this feels like. Actually, you might also know what being broken feels like as well. God wants you to be here, not over there. So if you haven't yet signed up, then sign up. We want to be a kingdom that understands that as we nurture each other and as we listen to him, we grow in strength. Now, that's an example of an internal-looking thing, you know, as in spiritually growing, spiritually helping each other. But the stronger we're here, the stronger we'll be outside because our influence separately being supported here in that space together means that we can look to be more effective elsewhere because we know we've got other people thinking about us, praying for us, supporting us. That's what community is about. A group of people in a room wanting to learn to love Jesus better. Community, it's important. And then finally, I've been thinking quite a lot this year, um, through some of the stuff I've been reading about, the kingdom of God. Just how um, I'm reading through uh, Matthew, and I mean, the kingdom of God is a massively central theme to the book, the Gospel of Matthew, actually. Um, and there's a lot of uh, reference in there when Jesus talks about the coming kingdom, about the work of John the Baptist, about the, what he did as an expression of. The kingdom coming to you, and also actually coming in the end. And you know, when Jesus taught us to pray, or was teaching the disciples to pray, on the Sermon of the Mount, he didn't say, "Your church come, your will be done, as, earth, on, as on, on earth as it is in heaven." He said, "Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven." And it's all about His kingdom. We want his kingdom to come. And we could ask ourselves a question, last set of questions to ask yourself. If you're still unconvinced or there's a lingering, oh, I'd rather like to do this on my own. Please let me just do it. Let me do it on my own. Do you think the kingdom is more likely to be evident in our lives if we pray or don't pray? Is it more likely to come in our communities together if we worship or if we just don't bother worshiping? Or if we read the word of God or don't read the word of God? Or we listen to the Holy Spirit or we don't listen to the Holy Spirit? The answer to all those four questions is obvious, isn't it? No, we need to do all of those things. But God's also saying we need to do community like that as well. We need to see community in that same, exactly the same way. Be fully engaged with his people as opposed to being separated and absent. You know, we live in a a society and a culture which is uh, massively promotes individualism and personal choice and I think there's probably been times in history where that's been true. I I don't think we're unique, actually. Uh, It might represent itself in a different way. And I don't really want to get into a kind of social or psychological, uh, psychological commentary, but we are driven by personal choice. We're bombarded with options. We're told we can do anything we want to do. We can be anything we want to be, and I don't think it's just a feature of becoming a grumpy old man, um, which I love, by the way. I love I love morning at the TV. I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's becoming an increasingly favorite pastime. You can't say that. What a load of rubbish! Did you hear what they say? You know, Marisa she's shouting from the back of the house. Who are you talking to? I said, my friend, TV. Um, you know. Don't let anybody stop you. You can be whatever you want to be. Well, I couldn't be a pilot because I, my eyesight isn't good enough. You can be whatever you want to be. Now I know what people are trying to say. Don't don't put artificial restrictions or limitations. But we, you know, it just promotes a kind of woohoo. Yeah, well, I can be whatever I want to be. Um, you know. God wants us not to feel like that. He wants us to be who he wants us to be. He wants us to be like him. And we do that not just individually. We do that together. There's an an absolutely unavoidable bit of God's work in our lives which involves each other. Not just hiding where in our own. So I'm going to stop there except to say this final slide. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and what? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Chris shared uh, an a kind of encouraging word last week about the importance of, of, of this being a time of asking, growing, and maturing. That's what I took from it. God was saying, ask. It's a time for asking. We're going to start prayer meeting shortly. We're going to be praying about his kingdom. We're going to be seeking him. That's what we want to do. We're going to ask. We're going to be on the front foot in terms of what, you know, what we are asking God to do in our lives and in the, in the communities around us. And we're not just doing this series here to sort of say, oh, that's, that feels like quite a canny set of topics to think about. It's because we want just to say these are increasingly critical for what God wants to do in and through us. And being in community with each other is just as important as those other things as well. They feed each other. They build each other up. They are the mortar, as it were, that links it together. If you get the bonding right, Phil, you can check that later. Um, So let's just, we're going to move to breaking your bread in a sec. Um, but I want to just invite you to have a think about how you feel about that. Just, just why don't you just take a minute to think now before we break bread, and I'll read a, a, a passage before we, we get into that. And just do business. If you feel, nah, I don't want to be part because I really can't be bothered, or mm, it's not my thing. And we can all feel a bit like that. I'm not saying that at or any of us are immune to that. I can have felt like that. I'm a bit busy. I like my space. Not only are you missing out what others can bring to you, you're depriving what you can bring to others.